From the people to the people, East Leeds FM. Today on Red Kite on East Leeds FM, we have an action-packed show. First up, we're going to hear from a couple of the young playwrights from CAST in Doncaster from their Young Writers Workshops. We'll be joined by Allegra, Verity, and Ruby, as well as Henry Rabbi. And then second in the show, we'll be hearing from Leeds-based audio producer Holly Early about her COVID chronicle audio piece uh, taking us back to the early months of lockdown and the sounds and the stories. So all coming up on today's Red Kite on East Leeds FM. If they ask me, I could write a book about the way you walk and whisper and look I could write a preface on how we met so the world would never forget and the simple And so now on Red Kite on East Leeds FM we're very excited to share with you couple of plays that were that had their world premiere last week at Cast in Doncaster and especially excited to have several of the playwrights who wrote the plays who are going to tell us a bit about the experience along with Henry Raby who helped guide the project and our very own Charlotte Carrick is also a writer who's going to be joining us in the studio in our virtual studio as well. So first welcome to the show Verity, Ruby, Henry and Charlotte. Hello everybody. Hi. Hi. So just want to start with, for listeners, we're going to hear your play in a little bit, and your play is called Lost in the Woods, and I have to say it was very suspenseful and has a great twist ending, which, of course, we won't give away, so the listeners will have to hear it themselves. But Verity and Ruby, do you want to first just describe what the experience was? What did you do at CAST during the, during the project? Um, well, we um, did lots of writing exercises, and it was just really fun, really. Yeah. And had, had either of you ever done anything like this before? Have you written in a play before this? Um, yeah, we love to write like loads together. Okay, so you often work together as a as a duo, as a writing as a writing yeah. duo. Fantastic, Charlotte Henry. Do you do you have other people you write with, or do you usually write write alone? I really love to collaborate with the cast. I find it really difficult as a writer to just go, "There you go, it's finished now." And uh, what was really nice of this project was that Verity and Ruby got to see the actors have a play with it and experiment with it. And they went away and did some writing. So I really like that idea that, you know, it's a bit of a collaboration. Um, yeah, uh, Charlotte, as a writer, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, um, I like to work on my own and with people. And I think, like you said, Henry, it's really important for writers to be able to see their work being performed because sometimes we write on our own and we just have it in our heads and then to see it actually on stage is such an incredible thing or to hear it on the radio um, with different voices coming through that's an amazing experience and I'm sure Ruby and Verity that must have been great to hear your work on the radio or in, acted out in front of you. And so Lost in the Woods, right? We have a brother and a sister. Well, there's another character as well, but a brother and a sister are the main, the main characters. And they have, they have a fairly interesting relationship, right? So how, maybe just, can you tell us a bit about 
these two characters and their situation and maybe mm -hmm. how you invented this, this situation? Well, it's kind of like, it's just like a classic sibling relationship, like silly little arguments, silly little fights about nothing, just like kind of hate each other. But towards like the end, they start to actually, we actually see that they care about each other. Mm. Um, we, the way that we come up with characters, we like to think about ourselves and people we know. And so um, Luke was inspired by our two older brothers. Uh, okay. And Sophia was inspired by me because loud, bubbly, fun, and a scaredy cat. Great. So, and this idea of going out into the woods, there's also, I have to say, there's some really fantastic, some, some nice sound effects as well in, in the piece. But that idea, do you have, are there any woods? Do you go walking in the woods? Are there woods near where you live that sort of inspired that idea? Uh, sometimes I actually like um with my dog sometimes I love to just go in sometimes my family have these this certain um woods walk and it's my favorite walk to go on great and so as you started to develop this idea how did how did it change over time and in particular how did Henry or Sarah or others did they give you feedback did the other writers give you ideas or, or suggestions as well yeah they did but um, it was actually really fun seeing how the characters actually played, how the actors even played our characters, because it helps us recognize different personalities and things about them to help us develop and change them. Well, like the actors, they taught us like and gave suggestions of what we should add to take away. I think it's amazing how you guys have this understanding that characters need to change. It sounds like your characters change throughout your piece and that's just such a vital thing that it sounds like you've got a really good grasp on creating these very realistic you know characters that you have in in your story and how they change throughout I think that's that's amazing just to hear you talk about it as an older writer it just seems great that you you have that understanding yeah from perhaps doing this course or working together on writing projects it's great and Henry the the theme for the whole project for the Young Writers Club was was to play with the idea of time. Is that right? And how did you how did that idea get introduced? And then Ruby and Verity, how did that influence your ideas for for the story? Well, we we decided we wanted something that linked all these uh, these groups together. We were working across three different groups, um, and there was about eighteen writers or so. So we wanted something that connected them all together, but was nice and open enough to be interpreted in different ways and time it feels like this past year has been this bizarre thing where some people think it just flies by and to other people it feels like it's going at a snail's pace and to throw that out to the to, to the group we did a lot of games and exercises around characters waiting for something expecting something um time ticking down lots of like countdowns and personally I think that's always really exciting anyway in a script because it adds the tension and makes things move along a lot more. Um, suddenly, if you add a, a, a countdown before something arrives or something leaves, and um, I think that really made these really snappy short plays, you know, like with five minutes, suddenly you've got to get a lot of stuff done because there's a timer. And so Verity and Ruby have this lovely, um, without giving too much away, these characters go into the woods and obviously time's against them. The, the sun's starting to go down and they've got to find a way out before... Uh, before night falls and that that race against time really is a lovely tension between these these brother sister that that reveals so much about them when put in this this circumstance 
Yeah, and Verity and Ruby, how did anything else about how you took the idea of time and, and played with it? Uh, yeah, because like even though it's a two minute play, you can actually see how um, it's based like a lot longer. You can like feel the way from the story as set as a longer time period. Mm. Um, we were thinking that um, it would go over a day, so that there was obviously time, and obviously how Henry explained it was very well, and just it summed it up perfect, really. I think definitely, like, with these characters, you totally get, you know, obviously they've known each other most of their lives, well, all of their lives in one's case, yeah. and I think you can really tell that you thought really hard about how these characters have grown up together and what happens when they're put in a bizarre situation under stress and how they respond to one another is really, really clear in, in, the, in the writing. And when you actually saw the play performed, was there anything that, that surprised you? I mean, I know you were around for some of the rehearsals and, and met with the actors, but anything that, that gave you surprise or maybe ideas about how you might expand the story or just thinking about your writing in general? Just the way that they performed, it just showed us some different things that we could add in and they performed most of it exactly how we imagined it in our heads. And Charlotte, as a writer, when you were starting off as a writer growing up, did you did you get a chance to have your work performed by, by actors at any point? Or how was it the first time that, that did happen, if so? Yeah, not as young as you guys. So it's great to hear that you're kind of getting involved and getting stuck in at such an early age. Um, I'm trying to think back. I think my earliest was probably at university when I had um, I did the scratch night. So a similar thing to you guys and saw my work performed. Um, but yeah, I think it's just so important, isn't it? And giving people the opportunity to to have that um, is it, just invaluable. And so now thinking about turning to the future and a bit about your plans, your hopes, your dreams for the future as writers or in relation to the theatre or in general. So what do you, do you have other projects you're working on or more further in the future, just things that you'd, you'd like to do when it comes to writing or theatre? Well, we have a few um, plays that we write. And then also when I grew up going to theatres with my mom. So yeah. when I grew up, I'd like to be like, um, write plays and act. And how so about maybe, you? Maybe a one woman show then. <laughs> yeah, one of like, big hopes and like the three biggest dreams of ours was like directing, writing and acting. Fantastic. And in terms of going to the theater, are there any shows that you've seen that you feel like have especially influenced you? Um, there's um, School of Rock, which is my favorite musical and um, the writer Andrew Lloyd Webber just inspires me so much. Great. And Ruby? If I'm honest, I haven't seen that many, but the few that I have seen have really inspired me because once I did actually see this dancing thing, but it was really weird. I could actually, I could tell the story of the dance in my head. You think, because am I right in saying you also do the youth theatre at Cast, is that right? Yeah. How do you think that helps you with an understanding of acting and performance as writers? Because not every writer is a performer and not every performer has a sense of writing. So how do you think you've been able to sort of merge those two together? Oh, just like um, cast mentioning it and then we just got being straight interested. 
because we always did writing even before cast, even before young writers. Just being able to know how an actor would perform, it always helps you with the writing and like ideas and to perform and to form the script. And how's it been um, reading scripts? Is that something that you do in your spare time? Because of course we all watch things, don't we? And it's more easily accessible. But do you guys read scripts? Not really, no. I've never really come across to do that. What about you, Verity? No, not really, but probably an idea for the future. Yeah, it's something that I find comes up quite a lot and I'm guilty of it. I don't read enough scripts. I like to watch things. And actually, when you're writing scripts or plays or radio plays, it's quite good to read them and just see how they are on the page. Um, but I'm particularly guilty about of do, not doing that. What about you, Henry? I think it's really hard because there are just so many plays and uh, like in the history of theatre and then they're just constantly being performed. New writing is, you know, having a huge boom at the moment. So if you went on Nick Hearn Books' website, who were publishers, or if you went on Methuselah and Drama or Faber and Faber, all these publishers, it's literally hundreds and hundreds of plays. So I tend to... Um, like try and find specific ones that I'm interested in. So for example, I like to write for big casts. I like to write for youth theatres where there's like, you know, 20 people in the group. So reading um, the National Theatre Connections, which are big casts, or reading Nick Hearn books did a project called Multiplay, which are big casts. I think it's like finding like that niche and discovering what other writers have done. Because I read um, some new writing uh, by Papa Tango, which is a new writing company. And I just wasn't really into them because I was like, I'd, I wouldn't write this sort of play. These two handers that are like gritty and it's not, not my thing. So yeah, you've got to sort of seek out what you enjoy. So Verity and Ruby, if you're into like musicals, I suppose, and, and Andrew Love Webber stuff, then maybe going back to those scripts and, and, and finding different musicals and different ways of performing song and theatre that uses music and, you know, that, that sort of route. No, that's a great idea. Well, in a little bit, we're going to hear Lost in the Woods having its radio premiere on East Leeds FM in just a few minutes. But first, two more questions. I'm going to ask you both about if you if you have a piece of music that you'd like to suggest. So if, if either or both of you do, we'll play that as well. But first, just I wanted to ask you about the other plays, because there were, I think, almost 20 plays that got created during the the, the project, during the, the, the Young Writers Club and cast. And do either of you or any of you also, Henry, are there a couple of the other plays that you especially remembered that, that you thought were particularly interesting or funny or surprising in some way? Anybody have any? I just thought that all of them were so amazing. Um, so nice to just see how other people wrote. I remember one of them. I can't remember the name, but it was about like the one sent ancient times. It was really funny. I really liked that one. Great. And Henry, what were some of the other topics do you, uh, that got covered in the plays, just to give a sense? We're also going to hear another one a little bit later called A Very Snappy Birthday that was created by Allegra uh, that also has a nice surprise twist at the end as well in relation to it's about a, a coffee shop. We'll say we'll give you that much. We'll hear from Allegra in a little bit as well. But what were a few of the other topics that came up? Yeah, well, I, there was one 
there's some that are so rooted in what's going on at the moment. Like one was about waiting for a package to arrive and it was very slapstick and, and, and silly and, and this like, you know, counting down, waiting finally for this package to arrive after lots of different arrivals and missed miss things and very silly and very fun. Um, and then there was another which someone had written about uh, an adventure that they personally had going off onto to climbing a waterfall, which was lovely. They put some of themselves in the play. And then another one was about ancient Egypt and was sort of, a, again, a sort of fun, horrible history style um, play about uh, the death of Tutankhamun and Bob and Steve who were building the, the temple. So I just loved all these varieties and interpretations of, of time and some people putting something really funny and silly out there and it was really nice and other people putting a bit of themselves in. We've heard from Verity and Ruby how they're influenced by real people in their lives and yeah, just those were really interesting to see back to back. So last off, anyone have a piece of music that you'd like to suggest for listeners here on East Leeds FM? Um, well, when me and Ruby write plays, we like to listen to a lot of songs, but one of them in particular is High Hopes. Yeah. With that, Ruby? One of my favourites. One of my favourites is called Lush Life. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to hear Lost in the Woods in just a moment, and then we're going to hear uh, High Hopes and Lush Life right after that. And then after that, we'll hear from Allegra about, about her play coming up, a very snappy birthday. So thank you again, Ruby, Verity, Henry, and also Charlotte for talking to us about the, the Doncast Cast Young Writers Club. Thanks, everybody. Add your walk. Now let's go home. All right. Um, which way is home again? How am I supposed to know? I've been on my phone the whole time. Oh no, but you're the one in charge, Mr. Grumpy Pants. Fine. I'll just call Mum then. Why? Oh no, my phone's dead. Oh, well, why were you on it all the time? Well, you know what? <clears throat> you see. I'm basically an adult and you're just a little whiny kid, so I don't have to explain anything to you. Fine, Mr Grumpy Pants. Let's just look for a way out, because I don't want to spend the night here, especially with you, little Miss Whiny Pants. Hey, that's rude! We're never getting out of here. Well, if you weren't on your phone all the time, we wouldn't be in this mess. Well, if you didn't want to go on a walk in these stupid woods, we wouldn't be here. So, it's your fault. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with a bit of exercise. You could certainly do with a bit. Okay, (laughs) that's it. You're a rude, whiny little brat. Well, at least I'm not glued to my phone, Mr Grumpy Pants. That's because you don't have one. That is not the point. Fine. 
Well, it's getting dark, so let's just find a place to sleep. It's a woods monster who only comes out at night and eats little girls called Sophia. What, really? Oh, yeah. Oh. What was that? I don't know. You, you, you don't think it's the woods monster, do you? I'm not sure. You're so whiny and bratty. Yeah, well, you're even grumpier. Well, you're even whinier. Yeah, well, like, you're the most grumpiest person in, like, the whole universe. You know what? You're the whiniest, brattiest, the most annoying person throughout infinity. Yeah, well, 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 it's getting dark, so let's find somewhere to sleep. Looks like there's a tree over there with lots of leaves, so we should be sheltered. Sophia, wake up. Can you hear that? What? What is it? I was dreaming of unicorns. <laughs> Sophia. Only a dream. Lukey, Lukey, Mummy said you would take me to the woods for a walk. Uh, will you? No! 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 Gave it up. 
And so next on Red Kite on East Leeds FM, we're very excited to have our second playwright from Cast Young Writers Club. We've got Allegra and being joined by Donna and also Princess, a very charming dog who's joining us on the radio. So first of all, welcome everybody to the show. Hello. So first, congratulations. We're gonna hear your play in just a little bit, but you were one of the writers, I think there were 18 plays altogether they got performed at Cast in Doncaster. Uh, we just heard from Verity and Ruby and their play Lost in the Woods. And now we're gonna hear your play in a little bit called A Very Snappy Birthday. But first, how did you get involved at Cast? And what did you do during these uh, six weeks that you were doing the project? Um, so I first came to Cast because I joined an outreach program uh, from um, Sarah was doing it who um is it cast and so she said um come on over to cast and they do um, a little light session on a saturday so i went over and i joined and it was really good so then i found out they were doing a young writers club and that was on for six weeks so what we did was um who ran it it was um henry uh, a man called henry mm -hmm. and um we were just writing all ideas and like doing creative things and it was really really good and then um, they streamed our plays live on youtube and that was really really good i thought because you would never probably never have a chance to do that really and it was just really amazing how you could see your play was performed and you got to work with actors and it was just really amazing. Fantastic. And have you ever written a play before? Or was it your first time doing one? And it was my first time writing a play. And this story, so a very snappy birthday, which has a, a very nice surprise twist, which we won't give away the ending now because listeners will hear it in a little bit. But how did you come up with that idea for the story? It takes place in a, in a cafe, in a coffee shop, yeah? Yeah. yeah. I just thought um, I wanted it to be like just have a slight twist where people weren't expecting it and it was like she was just really not really nice and then there's a twist at the end and it's just really surprising. Well and it is good and the characters I have to say that are, are really well created. I mean they're such interesting personalities and they have in even just yeah. that short within a few minutes they really 
get a mm -hmm. feeling for who these people are in this situation. So can you tell us a bit about the characters you created? Um, so there is Mr. and Mrs. Jolly, and they are really nice and they're really friendly and quite jolly. And um, they, they're regular customers at this coffee shop and they take quite a long time to order. And then there's the barista who works there and she dreads every time that they go because she just, she's fed up of them basically. Mm -hmm. And the complicated orders, right? There's lots of, yeah. lots of choices. Um, yeah. And so when the actors started playing the characters, were they different than you imagined? Or did it change how you thought about it, the story? Um, not really, but um, it was, they kind of changed the way that I was thinking, but I liked it better that way. Yeah. It ended up, yeah. And they definitely brought out the humor and the situations when they performed it. <laughs> yeah. Hearing a little bit on the radio. So mm -hmm. all the other writers and actors, and you mentioned Henry and others, how were they as far as, did they give you any, any useful advice that you thought was helpful? Um, yes, they were really encouraging. And I just thought, you know, I'll just go for it because they said, you know, it'll be fine if, if you'll play, just it'll turn out amazing. So just go for it. And it did turn out amazing. So I want to ask, how was it when you saw the play then performed? And also I'll ask this question for, for your mom, Donna, as well. So if you have any thoughts on how it was seeing, seeing Allegra's play, how did it feel? Um, I just couldn't believe it because it, it's just so amazing that actors performing something that you've written, it was just unbelievable experience. I think uh, prior to the actual showcase, there was two um, R&D live sessions where the um, performers uh, read out the script and they read it in different ways, which Allegra might not have actually thought about. So they performed mm. it in different ways and it made, it made you think outside of the box and the characters could actually have been different to what they were first intended to be. And that, that was amazing. And the playwright, Henry Rabbi, I mean, to get, you know, involved with the playwright, I mean, he really inspired Allegra and he got us to really think and he used different techniques to make her really think about what she was doing. And it was really inspiring. And I mean, all the team at cast have just been amazing. And it's just been a fantastic experience, hasn't it? Yeah, really. Really amazing. Yeah. Well, and that leads to the next question, which is, your plans for the future, your hopes. Do you want to do more writing, more theater, other things? Oh, I think whatever I end up doing in the future, I think that I'll definitely come back to writing because it's just the way that there's just a pen and paper and you can just suddenly come up with this amazing story that it's just really good. Well, congratulations. We're very excited to be broadcasting your play in just a little bit. Um, got one last question. We always like to invite guests to suggest a song that they want to share with the world on the radio. So did you have a song picked out? Yes, it's a song from High School Musical called We're All In This Together. Great. And why did you pick that song? I think because um, we're all in COVID and it's just that we are all in this together and we've just got to pull through. Ah, perfectly put.
So before we hear the play, anything else that, that you want to add for the listeners? Or anything you want to say? Any shout-outs you want to say on the radio to anybody? Thank you to everybody at Cast because it's been such a brilliant and amazing experience. And I'd have never, ever got to have a chance to do this if it wasn't for the team at Cast that have done it. And a big thank you to Henry Rabbi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Allegra and Donna and Princess, thank you for joining us on Red Kite on East Leeds FM. And now we're gonna hear Allegra's play performed by the Young Writers Club at Cast in Doncaster. So this is a very snappy birthday. So thank you both. Thanks. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for inviting us. Uh-huh. Okay. I'll get in the queue while you and Monty nip over there. Uh, are you sure you can manage to carry it on the way back, dear? Won't be too cumbersome. Just Shall I order for you? Just when I thought it couldn't get any worse. Final birthday, this is turning out to be worse by the minute. Yes, Mr Jolly. Good morning. What a lovely spring day. The sun is shining brightly, birds are singing, flowers are beginning to grow. And now the wonderful aroma of freshly ground coffee. Wonderbar! <laughs> I couldn't care less about the flipping weather. Just tell me what you want, you doddery old goat. What can I get you, sir? Oh, hi, yes. Um, could I just have a coffee, please? Uh, oh, no, on second thoughts, what would you recommend? I recommend you walk right on by to Luciano's down the road. That's what I recommend, you annoying old crony. Oh, certainly. I don't get time to drink coffee myself, even if it is my birthday. Chance would be a fine thing. We're short-staffed today, as ever. But let's say if you did have the time at some point, then which drink would you choose? For heaven's sake, just get on with it, you annoying, dodgery old fogey. Coffee. Drink in or take out? Uh, well, at first <clears throat> I was going to suggest sitting inside your fine establishment, but as it's such a lovely morning, take out, please. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, uh, sorry, um, change of plan. Uh, drink in, please. Grande, mediocre or piccolino? Hey, sorry, you've lost me. Large, medium or small? Oh, uh, medium, please. A couple mugs there. Uh, Cop, please. Latte, cappuccino, americano, espresso, contado. Uh, just a regular coffee, if that's not too much trouble, please. <laughs> How exciting. <I'm> not. <laughs> uh, ordinary or decaf? Oh, uh, just ordinary would be lovely, thanks. Black or white, sir? Oh, uh, white, please. Milk or cream? Uh, milk, please. I see you looking at your watch. Are you wondering where Mrs Jolly has got to this morning? I was certainly not wondering where that potty old bat is going to turn up like clockwork. Give me strength. Okay, so we've got cow's goats, almonds or soya. Uh, just plain old cow's milk would be spectacular, please. Yeah, skimmed, semi-skimmed or full fat. Could I possibly change that to Americano, please? Is this guy actually for real? Ground or filter, sir? Ground, por favor. I'm actually losing the will to live here. 
So, would you like Colombian, Arabica, Robusta, or Costa Rican? Well, Costa Rican, please. Yeah. Did Daphne ever tell you about our trip to Costa Rica? Maybe we could bring in oh, our holiday snaps. Oh, order your decaf. Uh, just ordinary, please. With cow's milk full fat, is that right, sir? Correct, Amundo. Oh, goon. Hot or cold? Hot, preferably. Just all frothy. Just flat, please. Sir, would you like a shot of flavouring with your coffee? Oh, that sounds delightful. Yes, please. Okay, amaretto, chocolate, caramel, butterscotch or vanilla? Decisions, decisions. Uh, actually, just the coffee will be fine. Without. There you go, sir. Now for Daphne's hot beverage. Oh. She didn't actually say what she wanted. Are you being serious? Oh my... Gee, how when am I finally going to get rid of this old pest? <laughs> Careful with the cake, dear. Is it still intact? These old crows are really beginning to annoy me. And the old dodgery timers think they can bring their own cake. Is this some kind of joke? What can I get you to drink, Mrs. Jolly? Oh. Oh. Uh, oh. Also, uh, can I please remind you both that only food that has been brought on these premises can be consumed on these premises. You absolutely cannot bring your own cake. That cannot be permitted under any circumstances whatsoever. So ever. Can I kindly remind you to remove your cake from my counter and take it home with you? Thank you. Thank you. Why? You would want to bring your own cake? Anyway, it's beyond me. We have such an extensive selection on offer! Oh, cheap skates, dingy old codgers. Bet they don't want to pay our prices, the old risers. Before you drive me insane. Happy birthday, Cara! Many happy returns. Oh, we hope you have a lovely day. Sorry if we've been a little bit of a nuisance. Enjoy. I'm so surprised you're in love.
Next on Red Kite here on East Leeds FM, we're excited to welcome Holly Early to the show, who's going to tell us about the piece we're going to hear in a little bit called A COVID-19 Chronicle, and also just about her audio journeys as well. So Holly, hello and welcome. Hi, Tony. Thank you. So really excited to air this 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 program, this this audio feature that you made, uh, which feels so timely, especially now that we've, we've just recently passed the one-year anniversary, which is hard to believe. Um, but first, we just tell us a little bit about, about your own background, your, your, how you came to be an audio producer. Yeah, so um, my, well, my background starts in contemporary art. So I've always been, actually, no, I'll go a bit further back. <laughs> so um, I've always, I started off as a musician and um, I play three instruments. So cello, piano and singing. And when it came to choosing A-levels, I felt that going down the music route would be a bit too constricting for me. So I went with the art arts route because um, I was creative within kind of painting and drawing. And then from there, uh, in my art foundation, I started combining both music and art. So responding to music through movement and paint and then I went on to do a contemporary arts undergrad degree in which I then explored uh, recording sounds and I really became fascinated with meditation so my first piece was investigating being in a space surrounded by sound so I went out and recorded everyday sounds um, and you went into a dark room in a semicircle of eight speakers which all then played sounds simultaneously um, through Ableton live and at random so my idea was that the person going in would experience something different to the next person um and that's really kind of where things took off uh, i then did a master's in sound design which is where this piece has come from it's, it was my final piece and because we were working remotely i wanted to reflect on the current timings so um that's kind of where it originated. And I wanted to include people's experiences as well as my own, but add a fictional and non combined fictional and non-fictional um, and storytelling through sound has, is a passionate investigation of mine. So yeah, that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. <laughs> Great. No, and that that mixing of influences, that's one of the things that we find I find so often with with radio or at least the kind of radio that I think we we tend to love and and want to explore at Chapel FM too, which is not just necessarily radio of people giving the news or you know two people having a debate about some current affair issue, but playing with sound and the possibilities and storytelling. And so with this piece that we're going to hear in a little bit, um, it's about 25 minutes or so, and it's, as you say, it's, there's, there's a nonfiction, a fiction, there's a kind of a storytelling aspect, but then there's also aspects of just letting the sound sort of guide you in different ways. And 
just anything you want to say about your how you envision or, or like to imagine people listening to a piece like this or this piece in particular, or just, just even a way to kind of get in the right mindset to take it in? So I recommend if you have headphones to hand, popping headphones on, um, because the aim that I was going for was embodying the listener um, in a particular, well, time and place, um, both literally and metaphorically. Uh, so allowing space for reflection, but also representing the ordinary. Um, hence, within the piece, there are interviews. So I interviewed uh, people close to me, as well as people that I've met on social media. And I asked them the same questions and their voices become a projection of my thoughts almost, I guess, because the connections resonated so well. That's what, how they became a part of the piece. Um, so I wanted to create almost a spoken word rhythm whilst also connecting to the everyday. Yeah, there was a point where I wanted to portray uh, the, well, the nuanced portrayals of experiences, people and places that are well known, extraordinary or seemingly ordinary. And that's where the inspiration for the interviews came from, that, you know, looking at the ordinary, but it's be it became extraordinary because of the time that we were in and I wanted to play on that, as well as inviting uh, to hear other people's stories and for me to explore how best to represent those experiences through narration and sound. And I feel like listening to the piece again recently, I listened to it a, a, a few weeks back and now again more recently, after this year of all of us having absorbed so many stories about COVID, right, on television and radio and newspapers and social media. One of the things that really struck me listening to it is it just, I think it made, and this is where I think radio or sound art, certain kind of storytelling can be so interesting because it made, made it all seem new and also strange again because we've gotten so used to this thing. And partly it's going back to the beginning, the early months of it, but also I think there's a way of using sound, as you were just describing, to make... Familiar, make us experience or hear familiar things in kind of a new, fresh way that mm -hmm. that that sound art can do in a way that, say, a te television or print or other things don't necessarily. And, and did you feel like when you were developing it, did it allow you to step outside of the situation in certain ways? Yes and no. And mm. I know those are contradictory. Yeah, but, yeah, um, that's good. Um, yes, because it made me reflect on my experience which I hadn't done previously like because I was so absorbed in making the piece I hadn't really thought about how I was experiencing being in a pandemic mm -hmm. um, and it was only until I started writing the script that it really hit home in terms of how freeing but also constricting the time was and I'm hoping to go back 
and listen to it because I've not touched it since I finished it. <laughs> mm, yeah. So uh, it will be interesting, like you say, to listen back with it having been a year ago um, and see see what the difference what the difference is um, in terms of no. I think it's it was taking the strange making the strange familiar so taking the pandemic and making it feel like it was just something every day like it is now but also making the familiar strange mm. so in there i described making a cup of tea and that's that embodies that whole passage um so hearing those sounds of making me make a cup of tea it's familiar because we all do it but it's strange because you're you're so focused on the activity and it's quite rare i think unless maybe you practice mindfulness that sometimes well not like not practice mindfulness but you know that concentrating on like an everyday activity um it's quite rare because we've got so much going on you know, it makes me think of something that we've talked about a fair amount over the last year at Chapel FM and East Leeds FM, which is, and it's something that came kind of as a surprise to us, I think, especially with some of the young broadcasters, where at certain points, you know, even back last spring, some of them would say things like, you know, what's happening right now, like people a hundred years from now are going to want to be mm-hmm. trying to understand it. And we were fortunate that a bunch of the radio programs and new ones going forward, including, you know, maybe this episode, get to go into the, the British library, into their, their archives, um, which has made us all sort of think about this idea that, you know, of course, 100 years from now, who knows who will be around, what they'll be thinking or doing, if any of us will still be or not. Um, but the idea that some of these things might get pulled out of an archive, you know, 100 years from now by somebody in the future and listen to it. And I suppose when you make a piece like this, you know, obviously it's great that it can be heard right now, including in just a few minutes. But do you think about this idea that kind of living on in who knows what way as a kind of a time capsule? Is that part of something that inspires you? Absolutely. That was on my mind as well. You know, I was thinking and discussing with other people. Will it? Will this go down in our, our history books that are going to be, you know, in um, in education? And I'd love for pieces like this to be included within that learning because mm-hmm. um, like we talked about earlier, you know, it's not just learning is not just a visual, but also talking and listening. Um, and that time capsule links back to why I was drawn to narrative and storytelling. Because for me, it's within the stories that we keep our history and our connection alive. You know, it's telling stories around a fireplace. It's, um, sitting down on the sofa with young kids and telling them about, oh, this is what I did in my day. And, Mm. you know, it's that area where I think sound, sound art and radio pieces are so crucial to building an archive. I mean, I just sometimes imagine and wonder, say, if, if, if radio had existed or recording had existed, I don't know, in the you know, during the Black Death in the 14th century, like how amazing it would be and how different our sense of history might be if you could like listen into a conversation of some people sitting around, you know, 
or even Victorian England or, or ancient Rome, if you could hear those voices, and of course it's only in the last hundred years that that's even been possible, and even more recently, sort of real day-to-day -day conversations, because mm -hmm. a lot of early radio is, is, is more formal and, you know, presented. So we're really the, in, it's only the, only the last gener couple generations that having this kind of record has even been, been a possibility, which, is, which makes it really exciting. Absolutely. Mm. I think um, it'd be great to see if creatives that work in sound, art and radio, you know, bringing those voices alive um, would be fascinating to hear what mm. it might have sounded like. You know, like we see with um, recreations visually of uh, how yeah. towns would have been like, you know, maybe in the future there'll be a chance where we can take sound and recreate diary entries. Mm. Um, that would be really fascinating. Definitely, definitely. Well, we're going to hear the piece in a little bit. I wanted to ask you first, um, just to say a little bit about some of the some of the audio that inspires you, whether it's podcasts or audio producers or just or sound artists. It's just a chance to share with listeners, maybe people that they've never heard of who might be fun to to get to know. Yeah. So there are quite a few <laughs> off the uh, top of my head. Pauline Oliveros um, has been a big inspiration and her methods about sitting with sound and being with sound and more meditative experience has really, from me starting off down the sound art route, has stayed with me. Um, there's also Jana, if I say this right, Jana Winderman, but I not really sure, and I apologize if I got that surname <laughs> That's wrong. That's all right. <laughs> um, and she she focuses on oceans and uses a lot of hydrophones where you can put the mic in the water so you can mm. hear underwater. Um, so that's really fascinating as well because it's a world we don't often hear. So a last question before before we hear the piece is, following up on that, just where you where you're hoping to go next. Do you have any particular themes or ideas or seeds of projects that you're that you're wanting to explore in the future yeah so um, I'm working on a, a project uh, with someone else who works at Chapel FM and where it's still in its young stage um, but we're hoping to create some pieces which focus on women's stories and playing well using sound to explore the emotions within the story. So the subject matter may be based on something in, well, based on something in real life, but we create something fictional from that. And then within that, we can explore sound to heighten the emotions that may be experienced in real life around that subject. Um, so yeah, so it's it's still in its baby stages, but there's something I think really exciting within that. And that's knowing when projects are still in that early stage like that, it's anything is possible. It's always particularly yeah. exciting. And yeah, we look forward to, to, to hearing that piece as it evolves and maybe showcasing at an event at Chapel as well would be fantastic. So, so I think we're ready in a moment to hear um, talking with Holly Early, but her COVID-19 chronicle, uh, subtitle is Struggles, Hopes, and Observations. But before we hear it, any, any final thoughts, anything that we didn't touch on? I think what I'd like to say is it'd be really curious to 
hear people's responses if that's in some way possible um it i'd be really interested to know how you receive it or what you experience if it brings any images to mind or uh if if you've got any questions about what sounds were used and i could tell you like actually it was like this sound or you know those kind of things um do you think that'd be possible or yeah now we can definitely suggest a call out so anyone listening in most likely will be on the chapel fm website or the red kite podcast but both of them have have our links to our social media there uh where people can send in comments or we just mentioned earlier that Holly, you've got a website that's nice and easy to remember, which is just your name, and that's Holly Early, and early like, like early the early in the morning. Early in the morning. <laughs> uh, dot com is that right? That's right. Yeah. Perfect. And it's Holly so. with a with a Y. Yes. Like, okay. So two spellings. So yeah, yes. hollyearly.com. So people can get in touch that way, or through Chapel FM, or of course, good old word of mouth too. So as anyone listening to the show can just pass on a note, and we'll pass it along to Holly as well. So, well, thank you so much, Holly, for joining us on Red Kite. And now we look forward to hearing the piece. Thank you. Thank you. It's another day. I put on the kettle, thinking about the day ahead. Writing out a schedule and to-do list. Doing. Constantly doing. Do, 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 do. What's next? Next minute, next day, next month, next year. This year, 2020. The start of a new decade. A year of balance with the promise of dreams and possibilities crystallizing into reality. Like the smell of summer rain, assuring you of a momentary relief from the relentless heat. A breath of fresh air. A cleansing. A new beginning. Yet the mugginess returns, wrapping like cling film to the skin, clammy and unbreathable. It feels hard to breathe. Smothered in what is asked of oneself as the world attempts to revert, in some areas of life, to how things were before March 2020. Life before the pandemic was normal, and I never really thought it was. I always doubted that the way that we live is normal, and the pandemic has shown me that it can work differently. Typically, there's one path that society lays out for you and says, right, go down this one. This is the good one. Now it's like, well, everyone's paused. You know, the treadmill has stopped. Is Everyone's on standstill. Got the handbrake on, in neutral, sat there. You can look around and go, which direction do I want to go? Which exit do I want to take? The things that it's revealed about our society, like the fact that, you know, we've got all of these Black Lives Matter movements and the fact that that has come to the forefront in the background of a global lockdown and the global pandemic and made it so that we have to work together, which 
you wouldn't normally have because normally we'd have to be, you know, working hours and hours per day, per week, per month. And you just wouldn't have time to sit and say, you know, something needs to change. We were all in fight or flight and my instant reaction was fight. So I was like super busy, um, like working and getting all these projects done. And then uh, an aunt of mine passed away and I'm, I've been away from home for a while now. So that was kind of, it was expected, but it was tough. And, you know, like I started like realizing all the world, the world's pain, I guess. Amongst the hurt, anxiety, frustration and uncertainty, there was a sense of unity of coming together, supporting one another, reaching out to those closest, and finding anchoring amongst the turbulence. Isn't life in general turbulent? Like yin and yang, you cannot have order without chaos or calm without the storm. It's understanding that everyone's experience of lockdown has been completely different. I think the most, my most favourite, you know, thing that I saw floating around on social media was, you know, someone saying, stop saying we're all in the same boat, we're not. We're in the same storm, different boat. Some of us went into this in a luxury yacht and some of us went into it with an inflatable dinghy with four punctures in it. And each one will emerge in their own way from that storm. It is very important to see beyond what is seen at first glance. Not just looking, more than looking, seeing. See beyond the political party, beyond religion, beyond the nose on your face. Do not underestimate the pain of others if you do not feel it. Let us not judge the one who lacks as well as the one who exceeds. We are different ships looking to survive. Excerpt from the poem Same Storm, Different Boat by Damien Barth. very beginning there was just nothing that we could do and there were some really really tragic stories of people who like they'd got it and then their partner had got it and the only two relatives that they had couldn't get together to meet for for funeral planning (laughs) which is horrible so that really did take a kick to my mental health um, especially near the beginning I mean 
the the fact that we were all feeling like this helped because you could sit and talk to each other and debrief and say okay so this happened and it was horrible but this lady who passed away got the chocolate cake from the shop uh just before she died like that sort of thing so there's 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 lights in the in in all of this literally every two or three days how we were working with the samples was changing so anything that could potentially create an aerosol we were just like no you you can't you can't do that that is like a high risk procedure now it was like i was doing this a month ago and it was fine but now this one thing has changed it's like no you you can't you can't do that anymore that's it's too dangerous it's amazing how quickly, quickly people adapt though do you know what i mean like it was surreal for like a couple of days maybe maybe a bit longer you know a week for some people but like the novelty wears off do you know what i mean we adapt so quickly and we just accept it so yeah okay that's what we do now at the start of it like that sense of of we're all in this together and we're all we're all working through this was really strong and you had like i think across the board like i noticed you at work and then we had things like the clap for carers happening and and with with the lockdown there was this real sense of everyone just sort of being like we're in this as a community and as a as a nation together it's it's hard now because we've all kind of started getting that taste of life a bit more freedom stuff opening up again um like going back to the pub like being able to see friends and family and such not um just being able to do that having that taste is now the, the thought of going back to what it was before even though it was a nice time it's kind of you you, you sort of forget during lockdown this becomes kind of the, the standard and the norm for your life and then you're like oh yeah this is what it was like before and then suddenly oh no we're gonna have to go go back and have that taken away again there's a difference between something being hard and challenging and something that really really gets you and that absence of physical contact physically hurt it was physically painful as well as emotionally painful there have definitely been like moments where a patient I was treating everyone thought that they would pass away or everyone thought that they'd need to go to intensive care and then they they turned a corner and it was like oh did he hear that Mrs so-and-so is um on the ward now so it was like amazing to have those sorts of moments to be like oh gosh you know we don't know a lot about this disease and we don't know what makes people really really unwell sort of as opposed to the next person and we don't know what makes some people able to turn that corner but they did the main panic for me was the toilet roll panic because i didn't get that i didn't understand what that was about like why toilet roll why is everyone kind of stockpiling that i was like i've got enough to last me the next couple months but that's just because i buy it in bulk anyways everyone was like gotta get the toilet roll so that kind of adds more to the panic. Like that, it was just the whole panic around the situation made made things not so great. I don't know. I felt I felt more more lazy. I felt lazier. I felt heavier. You know, moving out of the chair. I can't really put it in words, but it did have an impact on me. But now, obviously, with the end of the lockdown, it's it's much better. I I go out for walks every day before I work. <coughs> so working, mental health wise. I can feel the difference compared to the lockdown. 
for me, the jump from being able to be out with one or two people, and it felt like a really big jump, and I was really nervous. But moving here and then not being able to do things like hosting and having friends was really hard. And so that moment of six of us in our camping chairs, sat around the chimenea in the garden, like just, that's probably my perfect moment of lockdown. The biggest thing for me throughout this whole process has been that it's forced me, and I would imagine forced the majority of most of the people, to ask themselves better questions. I think it's been massive for like identity, for value, for purpose. And like those are good questions to be asking yourself. It's not the kind of thing throughout like the like you know like when you say you're on the the typical societal treadmill day to day, those kind of questions don't often come up. And if they do, it's very easy just to brush it off because you're on the treadmill and you're just going through life. The kettle is finished. I pour the hot water into the mug, lift, pour, leave to cool. Such a commonplace task that brings a heavy amount of comfort and security. It is the only certainty now, these unexciting endeavours. Then again, maybe this storm was inevitable, maybe it could have been prevented. But maybe, collectively and individually, we needed a stop, a standstill, an emergency breaking on life. It was the first time in my entire life that I felt the entire world just stop. Just accepted the severity of it immediately. I was just kind of like, we're all expecting something to happen. But then at the same time, no one's really sure what is going to happen. I just sort of remember, like, there were no, there were no longer any loud voices to kind of direct me, if that makes sense. It wasn't a case of, oh, well, you need to go to work today, and after work, you need to go do this thing, and after this, you need to go do that. Do you know what I mean? And just be constantly preoccupied with all these distractions. Like, I only had my own voices to really be preoccupied with. I feel like when when things are so turbulent, maybe maybe turbulent isn't the right word, but like when things are so hectic in day to day life, you kind of like find grounding in. I think I did in other people, but then when you didn't have that there, when you kind of stripped everything away, you didn't have the people, you didn't have the distractions, you didn't have like the noise and everything going on. Then you kind of found that your your base layer was like just as adequate as everything laid on top. My mum said that it sort of felt as if she'd been on a treadmill for the last 15 years and someone finally put the brakes on. There's a lot of things happening at the minute and maybe it's good that things have slowed down to have that brief pause to sort of be able to think and, and look at what's serving you and what isn't, I guess. There's magic in the sense of being able to write yourself afterwards whether that's with like, you know, friends, family, that kind of magical connection, or even somebody just going, are you all right? And then it's like, you know what? No. (laughs) 
<laughs> do you have the space you know can I tell you about it yeah all right cool there's elements of magic in a lot of in a lot of aspects of life that we don't necessarily clock on to and I think music is definitely one of those aspects but also just the connectivity of between people and you know technology plays a really big part in that too yeah thank god for technology and thank god for art as well because mm. you know imagine if we were just sat here without the internet and without films to watch and without netflix and without music to listen to and books to read yeah all of these like really important things that we use as a crutch culturally mm you know, to find some form of escapism. I did some writing sessions, um, which has been interesting because that's obviously been like over Zoom. I don't think I've ever used it as much in my life. That has been really interesting because like normally you'd be sat in a room with somebody and for the most part, that's it, it's actually worked quite well over Zoom with like screen sharing and computer sound sharing and, and, and things like that. And it, it works a lot better than I thought it was going to work. I think it's quite interesting how different creative people are kind of trying to forge new relationships with other people ego has moved away a bit and it's actually we've all been in this really challenging time let's find a different way of connecting so seeing what you're doing and, and what other people have been doing and we're trying to rebuild relationships in a different way which is really nice now as i sit sipping my tea with the washing on I'm very aware and grateful of how lockdown has brought us closer, even though our boats are constructed, maintained and influenced by different personal situations. There was one particular moment as restrictions began to lift that accentuates this for me. Take a listen. earthy, grounding and dance-like energy that came with playing together and being a spectator simultaneously is a connection beyond words. Otherworldly, one could say. Indescribable yet familiar. stillness with heightened focus and an inner quiet by letting go of things that weren't important in that moment. A stillness at the eye of the storm. One that can be embraced, but is often feared. I've definitely been someone who has kind of like been in that silent absence and felt it as an incredibly isolating and terrifying thing. I've been in situations where it's felt like an incredibly an incredibly blissful thing when you are just alone for such prolonged periods of time with your own thoughts like actually you know going well do i enjoy spending time with myself what is it that i think about what is it that i do when i'm on my own because there's only so much netflix one person can watch you know there's like finding a balance between love and play and work and pleasure and all these things on your own has been really like profoundly enjoyable 
but like it's made me aware of like well what am I actually thinking how am I actually spending my time what am I actually doing I had the chance to kind of like pause and you know like observe and be a little bit silent and just breathe I guess and having this pace helped me like reflect and kind of like see how I was behaving and how my workaholism was kind of you know like not serving me right here like right now and here in this environment maybe it served a purpose in the past but it doesn't work anymore we've become so removed from like that blissful silence we now think it's the most terrifying thing to like have a relationship with if that makes sense as a culture as a collective psychology we just want to continue to run on the treadmill because we're so scared of getting off of it I think when the option to go out anywhere and everywhere and be anywhere and everywhere is there and there's friends to see and cafes to visit and walks to go on, it's hard to sit and be when there's opportunities for busy. So I guess I've discovered that it's okay to stop and slow down. Going from a town that is just busy all of the time, regardless of what time of day it is, to it just just nothing. To just an absolute void of sound and being like in a wild west movie you know and they're like walk in and just all of the shutters are shut and it's just like little tumbleweeds like like rolling past and it was so, oh, it was amazing kind of miss it now now that everything's started back up like i'm happy that the world is kind of getting back on its feet but, but I, th- I feel like that's been something that i've been looking for now more now that things have started picking up again like i can see me telling like my kids or, like my grandkids about like the great lockdown or the great quarantine or something like that and that being specifically like one of the the things I told them, like, like, oh, no, it wasn't like zombies or anything. Like, don't get carried away. It was just quiet. It was just otherworldly quiet. It was weird. And when the traffic started coming back, I thought, oh, yeah, that's this is what it's really like. I can't get out of this junction. Normally, I'm just flying straight out and doing what I do. But I, that also gave me something that I don't think a lot of people had during this, which was like the sort of processing time. So I could go out with a van full of veg boxes and I would be out for four hours or three hours before I got back and did another one. Um, And it's just silent. I don't even think I had the radio on to begin with. I think it was just quiet. I finished my tea and I'm taking tablets to help boost my immune system. Also, I hope. Next, I'll make a smoothie, then take out the washing. It feels like a normal day, but what is normal? What would you like to be normal? It's good to be having these conversations so that we don't, we don't go back to 
how everything was before because actually that wasn't really normal um it was just a normal I mean obviously it's been terrible and you know I, I wouldn't want to repeat it but it's it's definitely revealed quite a lot of stuff that I'm glad it has revealed and things that I know now going forward and things that um, I can know to avoid in the future and that sort of thing. We got this one life, you know, go and live it to the best of your ability. You are not your job. There is so much more to you than that. And having time away from it for most people, at least God bless all the key workers and everything has given people the space to realize actually, yeah, maybe I am more than that. And that's, you know that, that 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 and that's just like one example of all the different things we could touch on right that's profound i almost had a little taste of how in in a way pandemic notwithstanding of how i would like the world to be a bit slower a bit quieter um a bit more mindful i think everyone should be given time that's all that's what everyone needs i think what's that's what this has shown really we all need a bit of time because before it we were just plowing on through the week you know not many people get a chance to stop if we take one thing from all of this it's the importance of mental health and knowing yourself and doing what feels right for yourself I think it's time to take responsibility on creating our own normals. Not what others have told or shown us, but one which answers our true wantings and desires. You're listening to Red Kite on East Leeds FM. And that was just a COVID chronicle by Holly Earlier, who was our guest on the show. Before that, we heard from the cast Young Writers Club in Doncaster. We heard Allegra, Ruby, and Verity, young playwrights, joined by Henry Raby as well. So tune in next week on Red Kite. We'll be presenting our Easter half-term special program. Lots of great new work by the young people, the next-gen broadcasters, musicians, foundation groups at Chapel FM Arts Center in Seacroft. Now we're going to end today's show by hearing the song The Listener by Jana Winderin, chosen by Holly Early. And this is a sound composition that's created from hydrophone recordings from the River Orne in Normandy, France. And Holly says that this piece comes from working alongside freshwater biologists to capture the sounds of underwater insects. Here it is.
From the people to the people, you're listening to East Leeds FM. FM. 